Today we're continuing our series, When God Says No. Have you ever experienced the no of God and felt frustrated? It seems like the no of God is hard. I think many of us, we struggle with the no's of God because they feel harsh, they feel dismissive of the things that we want. Many of us, we wanna take a specific path and we feel like God says no. We wanna take a specific opportunity and he says no. We wanna date that cute girl or that handsome guy and he says no. We struggle with the no's of God because we sense that he's being hard on us. And while we believe in him, we believe that he died on the cross to save us and to give us a hope and a future, but we have a hard time trusting him. We have a hard time trusting him when the doors close or when he says no or when his timing doesn't line up with ours. Well, today I wanna invite us to remember that even when things don't seem to work out, God is still good. Even when we can't seem to understand his timing, he's still good. Could it be possible? Could it be possible that whenever he closes a door, he opens another? I've discovered time and again that whenever he's closed a door and I've kicked it through and I've stepped through a door that he's closed, that there's heartache on the other side of that. If we're willing to trust him that when he says no and he closes a door, if we're willing to journey long enough with him, right around the corner, there is another open door that he has for us. Behind every no is a hidden yes of God. And if you're struggling today with the timing of God, if you feel like God is not lined up with your timetable, I wanna remind us that his timing is perfect. It's either that it's not our time or that he's waiting on us. Sometimes when we're frustrated with the timing of God, we fail to realize that we're not waiting on him, but that he is waiting on us. That he said something a day ago, a week ago, a month ago that we needed to do to align with his purpose. And we've yet to do that. And he's waiting patiently for us to be obedient so that he can advance us. So today I wanna invite us to consider that God's no's are good. In fact, I've titled today's message, no is good. Say it with me, no is good. But I still suspect that many of us, we still doubt that no is good because when we hear no, it seems negative to us. And because of that, either we have a hard time hearing no or saying no, we tend to avoid it. In fact, many of us, we say yes, when we really mean no, we do it to people please, we do it to get along, we do it to make peace even when we don't mean it. But no is good. In fact, the right no creates a future yes. Listen carefully. Our no's today create a future yes, but our yeses today create a future no. When we say yes to something today, we're actually saying no to something tomorrow. As I got into this, I decided to take a deep dive and look at the word no. I was curious about it. Where did it come from? What does it mean? It's a simple word, word, but it has a lot of power. So here are some things I learned about the word no, and I'm going to contrast the word no and the word yes. No guards our time, but yes spends our time. No is a future time credit but yes is a future time debt. No creates future opportunities, 
But yes creates future responsibilities. No creates margin. Yes creates more work. When we say no, we're saying no to one option. But when we say yes, we're saying, yet, we're saying no to every other option. Sometimes no is good. I want to suggest to you, to you and suggest to us that God's no's are not only good, but they're great for us. For you see, when God says no, he's canceling a burden. But when he says yes, he's creating a blessing. I don't know about you, but I'm willing to welcome the no of God so that I can receive the blessing of God. I'm willing to say yes to his no so that I can get a future yes from him. And so today I want to challenge us to change our perspective about the no's of God because the no's of God are good. In order for us to receive the blessings of God, though, we have to embrace the boundaries of God. God sets up limits and boundaries and structure and guardrails, and he does it for our good. And Paul understood this. He was willing to accept the boundaries of God because the boundaries and the limits of God create freedom. It's only within limits that we're able to experience freedom. So today I want to invite you to join me in Romans chapter 8. We're going to look at this passage from the Apostle Paul talking about the nose of God. And I just want to say parenthetically that this whole passage is about embracing who we are as, as humans, our limitations, our frailties, because we have limits put on us by God so that we can be dependent on him. Let's look together, verse 26 and following, Romans chapter 8. Open up your Bible your Bible app, your Western app. Let's look together. Verse 26. In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. Say weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. Have you ever had a wordless groan? And he who searches our hearts, that's the Holy Spirit, knows the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. The Apostle Paul is saying this. He's saying, if you've been called according to God's purpose, if you love God, he's working in your future. He's saying no today to give you a yes tomorrow. I invite you to set your hearts and be willing to say yes to the nose of God. So today I want to share with you three insights about how the nose of God are good from this passage. The first insight is this. You are stronger than you think. You are stronger than you think. But I want to hint at something here. You're not stronger in the way that you think you're stronger because in the kingdom of God, things are sometimes upside down. Those that shall be first shall be last. Those that are last shall be first. Often things in the kingdom of God are upside down. Now, all of us, we want to be stronger. We want to be faster. We want to be smarter. And part of the reason why we want that is because we know that strength is fleeting. We know that we can't be strong all the time. In fact, none of us are strong all the time. We experience limitations. We experience weakness. And so all of us, we crave power and strength. And even when we have strength, we can realize very quickly that 
if we look around to the people around us, there's always someone who's smarter, someone who's faster, someone who's better at the job that we're doing, someone who has more influence, more Instagram or TikTok followers. They have more money. They ha- they're better looking. And so we're in this tension where we want more, but we feel like we're getting less. And so what Paul is saying here is that the secret to getting stronger isn't building more strength. It's actually admitting weakness. Because again, in the kingdom of God, things are upside down. He's saying that if you want to be strong, admit that you're weak. That's called acknowledging reality. As some of you know, I spent a decade as a counselor. And in order for people to change, they had to be willing to admit reality. Because we can't change what we won't confront. We can't change what we won't confront. And what the Apostle Paul is saying is be willing to confront the fact that we're limited, that we have frailties, that we can't be strong all the time, that we get tired, that we get worn out, that we get depleted. And in fact, Paul gives us a master class in verse 26 about weakness. This is what he says. In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. What he's saying there, if you look through this passage, is he's saying that in order for you to be strong, you need to admit that you're weak. Because when we are weak, we become strong. How? When we admit that we're weak to God, we create space for the Holy Spirit to step in. If we're strong, we say to God, no, 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 I've got this. But when we're willing to say, God, I accept my limitations. I accept my frailties. I'm wanting you to step in and be my strength. The Apostle Paul says in another passage, when I am weak, then I am strong. What he's referring to is that when the Spirit of God steps in, he fills in the gaps All of us have gaps. There's all things in our life, whether it's in business or in our relationships, that we can't close the gap on. The Spirit of God steps in and he's the gap filler. If we're willing to acknowledge reality and admit weakness, we'll experience his strength. A couple of years ago, my wife and I, we entrusted to our son a responsibility he was not thrilled about, mowing the lawn. And we said to him, strength builds character, and he wasn't excited about it. You know, you become your parents when you say, you're going to thank me later. You're welcome. Struggle makes you stronger. He wasn't about it. Now, before you worry about my son, I want to reassure you that we made sure that he was safe, but we also made sure that he struggled a little bit because, again, struggle builds character. On a particularly hot summer day, I went out and started the lawnmower because he couldn't do it. And then I proceeded to do what any father would do. I began to supervise my son. I grabbed a cold glass of water. I turned the music real loud to encourage him. And then I opened a lawn chair and supervised him from my garage. The garage is a great place. The shade is great. But my comfort evaporated very quickly because I noticed that my son doesn't know how to cut the lawn. In fact, part of the problem is my son, he thinks that straight is squiggly. So what would happen is he would cut a lawn line and in between the lawn lines, there were little tufts of grass that would appear. And if you don't address it right then and there, what you'll discover is that you're gonna have to go back a second time and cut the lawn yourself. And ain't nobody got time for that because I'm gonna be the one that's gonna have to go out and cut the lawn. And I don't wanna do that, so I wanna make sure it's going right. So he began to go back and forth and I was making slight adjustments and But I noticed that with every pass, he was struggling more and more. But every time he would pass, I'd say, son, you got it. You can do it. Keep going. Struggle makes you stronger. 
And everything was going well until it didn't. Because I looked over and I saw that my son was stuck. And the way that I knew that he was stuck is he yelled over the music and over the drone of the lawnmower. He said, Dad, can you help me? So I I ran over and I helped him get unstuck out of the pothole that was in the grass. And I began to push it so that he could move forward. But what I realized was that it wasn't moving very fast. A quick inspection revealed that the power assist motor for the wheels had broken and my son had been pushing the lawnmower without any help for 20 minutes. So immediately I felt some dad guilt. I sent him to the garage where I was seated and I grabbed a hold of the lawnmower and I finished the lawn. And I realized that's how God is. God steps in when we struggle But we have to cry out to him and say, Dad, I need help. Because if we don't, he's just going to say, you've got it, keep going. He's willing to step in when we're stuck. But we've got to admit reality. We've got to let go of the thing we're trying to push forward. You know, there's some burdens we're not intended to carry. But he allows us to feel those burdens in the hope that we entrust them to him. He's a good God. He always hears the desperate cries of his children. And if we're willing to let go and let God take control and push forward the things that we can't, we'll discover that he can make a difference. And so today I want to encourage you. When we give God our weakness, he gives us his strength. He's the God of unfair trades. When we give him our weakness, he gives us his strength. So I don't know what you're facing today, whether it's some difficulty or some frailty or some struggle or or some weakness. I want to invite you to acknowledge that reality to him and say, God, help me. I need you to step in. I need you to be the power assist I need for life to move forward. And if we're willing to cry out to him, I want to promise you that he will step in and he will help you through because God has the power to get you through. The second insight. The second insight I want to share with you is that wordless prayers are never, say never, never ignored. The Apostle Paul is highlighting here is that there's moments when we need to pray, but we don't know how to pray. He reveals that to us in this passage, verse 26 and 27. He says this, we do not know what we ought to pray for. What he's saying is, we know we need to pray, but we don't know how to pray. But the, the Spirit himself intercedes. The word intercedes is praise on our behalf. The Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. The Spirit intercedes through our wordless groans. When we are groaning in our spirit, the Spirit of God prays through that. And he who searches our hearts, that's the Holy Spirit, knows the mind of the Spirit. So he knows our heart. Because the Spirit intercedes for God's people, that's you and I, in accordance with the will of God. What he's saying is that whenever the Spirit of God prays, he prays prayers that are in accordance, that line up with the will of God. So I want to encourage you today that if you find yourself in a place where you know you need to pray, then pray from your heart. When words fail, pray from your heart. Because when we have no words, God knows our heart. He knows what we need even before we ask it. I've seen time and again that the groans of our heart move the heart of God. He's attentive to our struggles and our difficulties. But we've got to admit our frailty. We've got 
to say no to our frailty and say, God, I need you to step in. I've seen God work time and again. He works more. The Holy Spirit works more in the silence of our soul than in the shout of the world. And so today, if there's a darkness, a sadness in your spirit, the Holy Spirit wants to step in. Allow your groans to go to him. Don't grumble to a neighbor or to a friend, but grumble in the presence of God. Because when you grumble, he'll step in and he'll make a difference. As I was studying this passage, I sense in my heart that there's two secrets about the Holy Spirit and prayer. And the first secret is this. The Holy Spirit compels us to pray through burdens. When we get close to God, we often sense the burdens of God, the burden he has for humanity. God is burdened for us. He senses the weightiness, the things that we carry, because as we remember, Jesus was one of us. He was God, but he was in the flesh. And so he is well aware of the difficulties and the struggles of being in the human body. But the hope of Jesus Christ is this, is that we can still fulfill the will of God even through our limitations. And what Jesus would do is he would go to the Father and share the burdens of his heart and the Spirit of God would encourage him. Several years ago, I woke up in the middle of the night at three in the morning with a heaviness I couldn't shake. And so I got up. I didn't want to toss and turn. I got up and I went to my living room and began to pace back and forth. And then I started to pray about anything and everything I could think of. But the heaviness remained. I then began praying in the spirit, but the heaviness remained. And after praying for a while, I asked God, I said, God, what's this all about? And a couple moments later, I sensed in my heart, I was reminded of a friend that I had met here at Westover years ago that I hadn't thought of in years who had moved back to India with his wife. So I began to pray for him. And as I was praying for him, I sensed in my heart that I needed to do a video call with him. So I jumped on the internet and I did a video call with him. And surprisingly, he answered. I said, hey, how are you? He said, not good. I said, what's going on? He said, just a couple hours ago, my wife got a diagnosis of cancer. And it's not good. He said, your call came at just the right time. For the past two hours, I've been calling my friends and no one has answered. And I'm desperate for prayer. So I encouraged him and I prayed with him through tears and through struggle. And when I hung up with him, the heaviness had gone away. Finally, I was able to go back to bed, but in that moment, God taught me that he often burdens us for someone else. Sometimes when we're struggling with insomnia, it's because he's wanting to burden us. Sometimes the burdens of God feel like the Noah of God, but they're actually a blessing because there's people on God's heart that he wants us to sense their burden. So if you're having a hard time falling asleep or if you're waking up in the middle of the night, pray through till the heaviness breaks. If God reminds you of someone that you haven't thought of in a while, pray for them and then touch base with them if you can to encourage them because God uses burdens to compel us to pray. Somebody is groaning in their spirit and you can partner with them to be an encouragement to them. I want to caution us from praying a prayer that says, God, take away the burdens. 
In fact, we should pray this, God, break my heart for what breaks yours. The second secret of the Holy Spirit is this, is that the Holy Spirit starts praying when our words stop working. There's a moment when we run out of words. We have no more to say. When our tears dry up, but we've, tried, we've cried all the tears we can possibly do. When our words fail, the Holy Spirit steps in and begins to pray on our behalf. If you're there today, let the groans of your heart go up to God. Let him pray through and intercede for you. He wants to encourage you. He wants to bring his spirit to encourage you and strengthen you and give you peace. But often, the Holy Spirit, he actually steals our words because he wants us to pray in the spirit. Why? Because for some of us, when we pray in English, we pray prayers that benefit only us, selfish prayers. I'm willing to allow the no of God if I'm gonna pray a prayer that is fruitless, that God won't answer. I'd rather pray in the spirit or pray through a groan Because when that happens, the Holy Spirit intercedes on my behalf and prays prayers that activate the will of God. That's why wordless prayers are never ignored because they always align with the will of God. I don't know about you, but I want to pray prayers that align with the will of God. I want to see God's will activated in my life and in my family. We must be willing to say yes to the no of God, either in weakness or when our words fail. The third insight I want to share with us today is that God will work it out. Some of us need to hear that today. If you're online, God will work it out. If you're here in the house, God will work it out. This is what Paul says in verse 28. Some of us need to highlight this verse in our Bible. And we know, say no, and we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him. If we love him, he's working for our good. Even when it seems like he's not working, he's working for our good. Who have been called according to his purpose. This phrase, all things, encompasses all things. The good, the bad, and the ugly we experience in life. Whenever we experience the bad and the ugly in life, We often have a hard time trusting him. But he's saying, are you willing to trust me? Are you willing to believe that eventually I'm gonna work it out? Now, may not be today or might not be tomorrow, may not be next week or next year, but God will work it out because Jesus is like a jazz player. He takes the sour notes of our life, the notes that are off key, and he finds a way to take those notes and to turn it into something beautiful, a beautiful song, a beautiful melody that lifts up his name. He will work it out if we're willing to trust him. We can trust him when the world says no, when life disappoints, when we struggle. He is good. When life is hard, God is good. So today, if you feel like your life is a holy, hot mess, I wanna reassure us that God turns messes into miracles. Whatever mess you're facing, he wants to turn it into a miracle. He doesn't stop there though. He wants to turn it into a masterpiece that declares his faithfulness, that declares his goodness. If we're willing to hold fast, if we're willing to say, God, I embrace the limitations and the struggles and the difficulties, and I trust you. I'm willing to to believe that your no's are good for me. God is good even when life is hard. And so today, if you're there, I want to encourage you 
In fact, as I close, I want to invite us to stand. I want us to say no to the distractions that are in our life so we can say yes to Jesus. And I have one challenge for everyone who is here, everyone who's watching, is that we would have an open yes with God. We need to say yes to the nose of God, but have an open yes with him because our yeses are for our good. The best yes we can say is to say yes to Jesus. It all starts there. Some of you who are here today, you sense a tug in your heart. That's the Holy Spirit. He's saying, will you come? Are you willing to cry out? Are you willing to say, God, help me? If you do, he'll step in. Here's what we do. We, we can say yes to Jesus. And saying yes to Jesus is as clear as ABC. It's A, admitting that we need a savior. B, believing in our heart that Jesus died on the cross to save us and to forgive our sins. And C, confess from our heart with our mouth out loud that we need him. And so today, if you're here and you've never said yes to Jesus, or you wanna say yes, this is your moment. So I'm gonna invite everyone to bow their heads and close their eyes, front to back, side to side. If you're here and you wanna say yes to Jesus, don't miss this opportunity to say yes to him. On the count of three, if you're here and you wanna say yes to Jesus, I wanna invite you to raise your hand. One, two, three. Yes, sir, I see you in the back, yes. Yes, up in the balcony, sir, yes. Yes, ma'am. Yes, sir, I see you. But more importantly, the Lord sees you. He loves you. He has the best for you. So I'm gonna invite all of us to say this prayer together with these people who are making the best yes decision of their life. Let's say this together. Say, Jesus, I need you. I've done life alone, but life is better with you forgive my sin make me new I say yes to you give me a hope and a future I trust you today in Jesus mighty name and all God's people said amen let's give a hand to those who have just made a decision for Christ for those of you who raised your hand congratulations if you prayed that prayer welcome to the family of God we invite you to text New Life to the number on the screen, or you can find my wife and I or some of our pastoral staff at the end in our guest central area. But God's not done. There's still something that the Holy Spirit wants to do in our lives. We have altars open. And for those of you who are new to this, an altar is a place. It's a place where we make a decision to meet with God. There's, there's nothing specifically special about this, but... It's what happens when we step forward. The Bible tells us that when we draw close to him, he draws close to us. When we're willing to admit that we need him, he steps in. And I've been sensing for this specific moment that some of us are needing a breakthrough. You know what breakthrough you need, whether it's in a family relationship, maybe it's in your health, but you need a breakthrough. If you're here today and you need a breakthrough, I wanna invite you to come up and just share your heart with God as we worship. He wants to meet you. He wants to minister to your heart. If you need a breakthrough, this is your moment. Say yes to him. I wanna invite all of us. Let's worship the Lord together.